Hey everyone, welcome to the 43rd episode of the Epilogue Gaming Podcast. From everyone at Epilogue, we hope you enjoyed your week. My name is Ben Vollmer, and this week, as always, I'm joined by Marcos Carmona and Dakota Trammell. How are you guys doing this week? I'm alive. I'm coming off a code. Cold. Yeah, you don't sound you don't sound great, Marcos. I feel like um, this is not the first podcast you've recorded while sick. Uh, no, actually, uh, the EG After Dark podcast I was coming like it was starting up, and now I'm coming down. So okay. This is a before and after, like so, a crack fiend. What? Not quite like that. Uh, you, you come up, and then now you're coming down. The the reason you could I say like that... roller coaster or like anything else. <laughs> <laughs> The reason that Marcos insists on being on the podcast, even while sick, is because he's too worried that Andy or Blake will come on and destroy his score. Like, it happened the one time, and it was bad. I'm not about to let it happen again. If I want to fuck up, it's going to be on my own terms. I get that. Yeah. So, let's talk a little bit about what you guys have been playing this week. Dakota, you go ahead and go first. Uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that it involves Persona 5. Oh, yeah. It's only Persona 5. You're almost done, though. You're almost done. I've been watching. Oh, like, God. I'm just ready for it to be over. I think over. I've got like two full months left like in the game. But those <sighs> months take so long. Do they take like actual months? Or does it feel like they I take mean, actual months? They could. I've been playing this game for like two months. So. Yeah. Basically. Pretty close. You're going to finish the game and the remake is going to come out. <laughs> There's going to be. Is there really going to be a remake? Well, it's the Persona 5 R cuz like back when Persona 3 and Persona 4 happened, they made like a gold version would had yeah, more DLC and shit. So uh it's confirmed we're getting one from Persona 5. Eh, okay, but what's it add? Probably another couple months, another dungeon, all that what stuff. What the fuck? Yeah. Marcus, what have I you can't. been playing? Uh Tetris 99 is one of them. Yeah. Um I'm playing Jump Force, unfortunately. <laughs> You're reviewing that for EG. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, one's a, that one's an experience. We'll get to Jump Force later on in the podcast. Yeah, I'm also playing Langrisser on uh, my phone. I don't know what that is. It is an old RPG series that only... America only got the first one, which was back in like 1990s. It was one of the games that inspired the Fire Emblem series. Okay. So similar yeah. type of like strategy yeah. gameplay. And it uh, got revived as a mobile game, so I figured screw it. It plays a lot like Fire Emblem, and you can play the Langrisser 1 through 5 games through a time loop thing that's in the game, which is pretty cool. Oh, neat. You get to catch up on the story. Sounds like fun. Yeah, I, uh, I was playing Spyro 2 this week. I'm uh, like almost halfway through it. I think maybe a little more than the third. Uh, I don't like it quite as much as the first one. I'm playing the remastered trilogy, so they all sort of blend together. Like they have this same visual aesthetic and all of that. Um, but I still really like the the series as a whole. And uh, I just started Metro Exodus, um, which I'm nice. also I'll be reviewing for EG, and I'm really liking that. I also have been playing a lot of Tetris 99 and losing at that. <laughs> and uh, yeah. then Civ 6 Gathering Storm. I've I've played about three total matches and it's been really great. So lots of stuff to play right now. It's hard to figure out exactly. I I so I feel so badly for you, Dakota, just being stuck with like the one thing and you just need to finish it. Because you yeah, have to at this point. And if if I don't finish it now, like if if I and I know if I stop at any point, I I'm not gonna go back. I'm not gonna pick it up again because it's i'll forget i'll just forget everything that happened then it's like well what's the point and the crazy but thing is i'll contextualize this a little bit for our, our listeners is that dakota i watched dakota play this for like several hours almost every day and every like wednesdays and thursdays usually like i on wednesdays i i will play for like 10 hours thursdays yeah. i sometimes i would do 12 hour streams on one yeah. of those days it's like, it's probably coming out to like thirty hours a week almost, and you're still not finished. It's incredible, honestly. It's crazy. I know you're like being very particular and following a guide as to like like, and that's just to help me speed things up. Which is funny, yeah. Which is just making like I'm trying to go as quick as possible. I switch from normal to easy mode because I'm just trying to boom through palaces, boom through like little side quests, and the guide is like, okay, now I don't have to think about what to do in a day. It's like an added 
I don't have to think about it. But like right. here I am almost at a hundred hours. Which I don't think this game keeps track of hours, right? Because the amount of time I've streamed that game feels like way more than just eighty-seven. Is that what I, it says? I think yeah, I'm like, like in 80-ish hours. In, like in-game time or something weird. I think when I finished, I was like 120, which is ridiculous. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And then when I finished the Platinum, it was like at 200-something. No, I don't want to hear about that. We're yeah, moving on. It's a mess. Okay, Me and Saul so, had a good discussion on Persona 5 on Twitter. Yeah, I, I saw. I, I, la- I actually laughed out loud when I saw. I was like checking your Twitter feed. And it was like um, something about Persona. And then it said two replies. Like Twitter does this weird thing where it'll only tell you two replies. But it was like 50 responses. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, Twitter, whatever you, whatever you say. Um, all right, let's play, let's play a little trivia this week. Um, this is from Finks the Dragon Slayer. It's a return of You Made This. We actually have one more week after this of Finks's You Made This. Right? Do we have, is next well, week going to be March? No, next week is uh, next week is still, still February, uh, but I okay. will not be here. Oh no, I, I'm just learning of this, so you'll have to replace. You'll have to find a replacement, Blake or Andy. They can. Uh, you're just learning look. of this. I've been talking about being in Florida. Oh for... yeah, duh. I know that's where you're going to be. <laughs> in fact, we maybe we just won't record because you'll be here. But that's yeah. that's a, a different discussion. We'll we'll get something to our listeners. I was just, anyway. it, would, it went right over your head. I was like. Yeah, I was like, oh, I know about that. Okay, so. Ben. <laughs> um, yes, this is from Finks the Dragon Slayer. So it looks like this may be the last week of You Made This. Maybe we'll bring it back at some point because it's a fun game. Yeah, this is like my favorite one we've done. So to remind listeners of how we play, uh, two contestants will guess the publisher or the developer. They'll guess the developer first, then the publisher. If the contestant gets the developer right, it's two points. If they name the publisher, it's one point. Whoever comes out ahead in terms of total points after the five games gets a single point added to the score. It's currently Marcos 11, Dakota 9, and Ben 8. So you might say, hey, how does Ben get points here? If neither contestant guesses the correct answer, the host will earn the point uh, for total score. So I just basically need them to guess wrong. And since this may be the last week, uh, we've got some tougher games oh boy. to mm. ask you guys about. <clears throat> Marcos, you're still in the lead, so I'm going to ask you first. What about Pac-Man? Like just Pac-Man? Yeah. Just uh, Pac-Man. Nam- Here's the developer. Namco? Is that your final answer? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dakota? Yeah, it's Namco. It is Namco. Two points for each of you. Not looking good for Ben early, but that's the easiest one. I'm just I'm just dipping into this thing. All oh, right, Lord, here comes Tetris. <laughs> Pong. No. Not Pong. Oh, well, just oh, it's close. Oh, boy. <laughs> you said Pong. I say Ping Pong. <laughs> okay, the actual game is, and I, I have to leave this out because the developer is actually in the name. Blank Games presents table tennis. Dakota, who's the developer of presents table tennis? <laughs> uh presents tables tennis yes so it's the actual name is the developer name games presents when was this game made pretty recently recently what yes oh let's this one's tough i played it i played this game if it's recently that makes it real hard let's go with Squeenix. You know what? They're always doing weird Squeenix. shit. They do do weird stuff. They do weird stuff all the time. Uh, Marcos, what do you think? It's... I'm pretty sure it's Rockstar. It is Rockstar. Yeah, so it's Rockstar Games presents Table Tennis. Yeah. They, have, they had a full, fully-fledged Table Tennis game. I don't, I don't know why they did this, but they did. Maybe they had some big fans. It's, it's because of Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it almost seems like it was a mini game that was supposed to go into Grand Theft Auto and then didn't. And so they just made it. It's crazy that they're so passionate about this mini game. They have good mini games. Like their golf game was big. Yeah. People Uh loved golf in uh, GTA 4. Five. Five. Yeah. There's, um, I think there's even a speed run for golf in particular. Really? Yeah. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You definitely have to do it for the 100%. So uh, it's a lot of, you like have to get good at the golf if you want to. Uh, okay 
Okay, so speaking of golf, <laughs> oh boy, Tiger Woods PGA Tour. Marcos, you got to go first. Who developed Tiger Woods PGA Tour? I'm going to ask you to be pretty specific here. Uh, EA, like that's all I got. EA, what? What? Montreal, Dakota. EA Sports. It's in the game. Dakota's right. She gets two <laughs> points. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's EA Sports. I feel it's so cheated. You got You got to say the logo. Yeah. With it. <laughs> I asked for. I I asked you to be specific. The, the publisher is EA. Real. Yeah, it's EA Sports. It's uh, in the game. Any any real? I remember. Wasn't that a Wii game? Because I remember vividly. They were, all, head, they were on all. Consoles. That was on everything. EA Sports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in the. They'd game. They even like put that stuff on Game Boy and like Vita and PSP. So. Okay. <clears throat> what about Silent Hill, Dakota? Who developed Silent Hill? The original Silent Hill? Yep. Um, who does it? Oh, that's Kojima. He's not a publisher. I don't know. I don't know. Um, You're close. What's... Uh... I don't. I just know Kojima and Silent Hill, but it's like <laughs> if this is the original, I don't know shit. I was. I. I don't. You were born. Don't worry. You can't play this trick that time. <laughs> I know I was born, but I was five. You think I was allowed to play Silent Hill games? I actually don't know if you. Yeah, probably right. I. I don't know. I was anyway. probably allowed to play Silent Hill. It I was have, certainly I just, not. I was not when it Silent came. Silent Hill out. was like in like ninety nine or two thousand. Yeah. So. Marcos, who developed oh, Konami? It was Konami. Dakota yeah. was so close. God, God, I was. I kept thinking Kotaku, and I'm like, that's a pub. That's a that, website. Yeah. But uh, it's like I knew it started close. with a K. Kojima was not involved with Silent Hill. I want to say I. I, I thought remember. he was. Well, he definitely he was. was with. Um, he definitely was with PT, like the the revival there. Uh, I don't remember. Well, I'm comp- uh, the lead di- director there was Toyama. Uh, so not... I guess. Um, All right. Yeah, not I didn't know that. Kojima. Yep. Um, okay, so we have one more. Uh, Dakota has a chance to pull this into a tie. Um, or not. <laughs> this is tough. <laughs> Marcos, you're going to go first. Who developed Disney's Aladdin? Oh, uh, Capcom. Dakota? <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go with Capcom because he, he sounded so pretty convincing there, didn't he? <laughs> he did, so I got to go with Capcom. It was Capcom, yeah. yeah. Disney's Aladdin was developed by Capcom. That's I am shocked. I mean, I know you're like you're a stand for Capcom, but I'm I'm surprised you knew that, Mark. They did a lot of weird games, man. Yeah. I mean, it, also in the '90s, just in early 2000s, a lot of strange games also just came. I was out. ready. I was ready for something wild. So when you said Aladdin, I was, I was like, Yo, I know this. Yeah, I was. I was ready for like. Land before time, the red. I really, game. I really hope we get one more week well, with this game because there's a lot of fun, fun ones that I like. Thornberry's game. Oh man, I'm just like. Putting I was, my wait, hands I was waiting for a lot of these kind of like weird '90s based on. T- well, if we get, if we get one more week or the game sees a return, maybe we'll do some really weird stuff. The Shrek you know, game. I, it, I think Capcom also did the Lion King game. Did they? I, I think so. Mm, because Disney re- just recently released that as like part of their package. Maybe Aladdin was on it too. It's possible. Weird. Yeah. Okay. Maybe uh, next let's... week we'll get the Shrek game. We'll have to guess the publisher <laughs> for Shrek game. the game. Yeah, start studying up on uh, weird movies made into games or television shows made into games. Hannah uh, Montana, the game. Yeah, I bet there's. I bet there's a thing. I, no I, I owned it. It's probably one of those fashion <laughs> designer games. Oh. I don't remember. I remember playing Angelica's Fashion Show, which is a Rugrats spin-off game. So pretty if, if pretty much everything I think has has a video game at this point. Not uh, everything. Close. You know even there do do either of you watch Community? No. Nah. No. There's there's a a video game episode inside of Community and somebody made the video game <laughs> from the television show. People like even if they're just fan games, that usually stuff exists in some capacity. Okay, uh, that'd be a fun episode. Yeah. Um, speaking of 
video games. <laughs> I don't know. That was my worst segue ever for a video game podcast. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of video games. <laughs> Here's news about video games. Um, Hollow Knight uh, Silk Song was announced, which this is interesting. Um, Marcos, do you have, did you play through Hollow Knight all the way? I know you were trying. Nope. To... I, no? uh, I just stopped. So for anybody who doesn't know, Hollow Knight had planned DLC um, and that involved taking the perspective of a different character inside of the Hollow Knight universe. And I guess it just got so big that the developers decided to turn it into its own game. And so we get Hollow Knight Silk Song, which is scheduled for a release in 2019, maybe. Oh, no, they didn't. They did not put a release date on it at all. Um, so I guess we'll see. It, it seems odd that they would announce it unless they felt like it was going to be ready sometime this year. But uh, no clarification in regards to that. It looks really good. Sounds really good. It was like a three and a half minute teaser. Um, so... It, it it definitely feels like there's a lot of content. The character plays entirely differently. Um, so interesting. Dakota, do you have any interest in Hollow Knight? I know like the platformer, it, like it might be a little not up your alley, but there's some things about it I think you'd really like. I love, I've, I've seen so many playthroughs of Hollow Knight and actually watched so much Hollow Knight content. I, that's just, it's a game that like I absolutely love and i like everything behind it it's just one that i know i will never ever ever play yeah that's fair uh another game was announced this week and i don't know if either of you have ever played this this is my game that i just spend a lot of time watching and i haven't played it's darkest dungeon um marcos have you ever played darkest dungeon no but i've always been interested in it because there's a lot of lovecraftian stuff in it yeah so tell people what like darkest dungeon is because it was a small thing when it first came out was it small? I guess that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I know I recently had a PlayStation Four port, and like I've been looking into buying it. But uh, from my what I understand is that it's like a weird. I mean, you're basically dungeon crawling, and uh, you get mm-hmm. like these weird, these crazy looking enemies that could kill you immediately. This is yeah, a very so it's like game. you're essentially trying to keep your party alive, like through yeah. these dungeon crawls, um, and it's turn based combat. And there's a lot of complex and like nasty stuff going on. And it's brutally difficult. So if your character dies, it has like roguelike qualities, I guess, in that if your character dies, they're gone. And yet that's it. So don't get attached to anybody. <laughs> um, so Darkest Dungeon 2, nice to see that as kind of a success story moving forward. And then there, there was another interesting piece. I, I almost put this in as my favorite story and then decided against it because... I don't know that I should feel happy about this, but I kind of do. Um, so, Alfonso Ribeiro, Marcos, you can... <laughs> Alfonso Ribeiro. There we go. Loses copyright registration for the Carlton Dance, um, which was obviously made famous in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So this was a Fortnite sort of like copied the Carlton Dance, put it in the game, um, and then obviously... Uh, there was a, a handful of lawsuits. This is the first one I, I think that has been resolved. Essentially, um, there was not found to be within like reason uh, for, for a copyright registration for the Carlton dance. Is this something you guys like? I mean, it, it, this was a dance from a show, from a character, and the actor was trying to copyright the dance. Do you, what, how do you feel about this, Dakota? Uh, I think that, well, I feel like, the actor doesn't really have the right to claim the dance unless like is part of the show. Like he actually like in the show, like he actually made, like it was just kind of an improv thing and he made it. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. It doesn't, he doesn't have a right to, which sounds shitty to say he doesn't have the rights to the dance just because he did it. Okay. So let me extend this a little further. It could, if, if somebody, if Fortnite put the moonwalk in, their game right like michael jackson's moonwalk well that's michael jackson's dance oh so it, it's just a, now. it's the television show then yeah to me it's because i mean there's a ton of people that go of course whatever he's the face of it like his character yeah. like mm-hmm. popularized the dance but unless it depends how it i guess came into existence if it was an improv thing and he himself thought of the dance and just did it they're like oh keep it in 
Or did the writers think of this dance and then they're like, yeah, okay, do it. And then he did it. And of course, he's just the face of the dance. Yeah, chances are some choreographer was like, I've got this sweet dance and we're putting it in the show. And then he probably saw this lawsuit and was like, man, this he's, isn't fair. I'm sure he probably figured that he might have some kind of case because like, yeah. I'm sure none of the old producers or anything give two cares. They're like, yeah. eh, it's we're past that. But he's probably struggling for monies maybe and he's like i I have he has like some he does because like yeah sure it's his face like that his character popularized the dance but it's not to me it's the carlson and him is not the same as michael jackson's moonwalk uh yeah i just wanted to put a separation there i think you did a nice job of explaining what's different about it marcos do you have any different feelings here are you kind of on the same boat i'm on the same boat okay yeah um, yeah, I, I couldn't decide at first. I was like, you know what? Good. Because I don't think people should be able to own things like dances or like words or like, I don't like, I don't like everything being copyrighted. I think that's kind of bogus. I think there needs to be some sort of room for creative freedom, which we can take ideas and use them. But, uh, it, like a dance is so specific, man. It's like you, you see that dance and you're like, wow, that's the Carlton dance. You're going you're gonna to sue everybody that makes money off the dance. Is is Michael Jackson gonna come back? Well, is his family well, his gonna estate, come back? I mean, just dance. Well, Michael Jackson is like dance? his estate is like famously frugal with his stuff. So I imagine, right? I imagine if like Fortnite put in the moonwalk, like well, think about it. Yeah, There's a just, reason Fortnite didn't put the moonwalk in their game. I would think. I mean, but it's in Just Dance. I don't know. That's a good point. You guys ever played Moonwalker? I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I have old, no. uh, Sega game where you play as Michael Jackson. I think it's based off of the old uh, Moonwalker movie. Oh, I you know what? I'll have to look this up. Where he turns into like a robot and stuff. Yeah, it's wild. Great. So there is one story that I do really like. Um, that's Darksiders 3. The THQ Nordic game made its money back. And this this is sort of one of those franchises that has barely scraped by, like just enough to get to this point. Um, it's a, it has a cult following, doesn't make a ton of money. It's it's sort of a double AE game where it, it splits that. It's like it's not an indie game. It's also not it doesn't have the funding of a triple A game, um, and it's kind of Zelda like. Have either of you guys played Darksiders? I I've always wanted to and haven't gotten a chance. I own two, but never really played it. Yeah, so we're not we're not the ones doing this um, franchise any favors, but. I thought it was interesting. It was a nice little story that this game, it didn't even get that great of reviews, I'm sure. But before Darksiders 3 came out, like you could just tell how passionate the developers were. They wanted this game to succeed so badly. And it seems like it has for the most part. I mean, it, just making its money back, I don't know how much it'll eclipse that amount, but still it seems like a good thing. I don't know. I Especially with what we're going to talk about later today. It's always nice to hear stories about games succeeding, people not being fired, people being able to put out games that they want. And then, you know, it's good. It's a it's a good thing, not a bad thing. They should get on that. Uh, they should bring back the uh, SpongeBob games. SpongeBob games? Yeah. Like the SpongeBob movie game? Or Battle well, I remember like Bottom? Battle for Bikini Bottom and stuff. What yeah. was the most recent? Was that the most recent? I probably, honestly. They're not bad. Right. They should make They're them again, them. or at least port them. Port them. Yeah. <laughs> port port that, the PLG. There's money in that, man. <laughs> um, let's take a, <laughs> Let's take a second to thank our Patreon members um, before we break into our discussion, because we've got quite a bit to discuss in that regard today. Um, so thank you to our new sponsors. Uh, this includes Cat and Andy Plays. We'd also like to give a special shout out to our gold tier members and above, Matt Buchanan, Tina Jameson, Finks the Dragon Slayer, Draft Josh, Disney Lover for Life, Sell You Her, Chocolate Chip Pancakes, and X Creations. You too can become a Patreon member for as little as $1 a month over at patreon.com slash epiloggaming. Included are a variety of rewards and perks, so check it out when you have a little time. All right. Dakota, this is something that we talked about last week. You and I were kind of furious about the, the news that Activision had fired 800 of its employees. Yeah. Or an estimated 800. Um, and then this and week they posted, we're so sad to see so many of these people go. It's, oh. I'm like, shut it. Shut up. 
You don't you, get to have opinions anymore. You do not. Yeah. In this particular regard, it does not seem like um, that's like they they probably should just wait this one out. Like stay quiet about it or something. If you really. Especially after they're getting all this heat over it. Like, why yeah. are you apologizing after you guys just said you had such a good year, too? Uh, well, like, we're going to talk about all of that. Um, hire them back. Give them jobs yeah. back. You guys made <laughs> so much money. You can afford them. Yeah. So there's a, a, a couple of important things to consider. One, this is not the first time this has happened. Um, just recently, there have been all kinds of layoffs across um, across video games. We, we've, I, in fact, I, I think we were just talking about Capcom. Capcom just recently fired the people behind the Dead Rising franchise, um, who I think were supposedly working on Dead Rising 5, and it just kind of didn't pan out. Um, we see this kind of thing happen all of the time where developers are just let go despite company success. I mean, Capcom has had an amazing year and then all of a sudden it's like these developers who, you know, granted were not the reason for Capcom having a good year, but still like they were let go and uh, it, it, it always 100% of the time sucks. Whether or not you like these people's games, these are people out of jobs and it's becoming increasingly hard to find and keep a job in video game development. So that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So first of all, um, Marcos and Dakota, I just wanted to give you each a chance. We'll start with Marcos here. Um, give you each a chance to just sort of, I don't know. Is, is there a feeling that you get that for video game developers that it's a harder job or at least a harder job to keep than than like your average nine to five marcos i mean yeah because you're basically working with art and it has to be viewed well at a very wide uh audience and if it doesn't go well then you and possibly your entire team can get fired and all of a sudden what do you do right you're known as this person that screwed up a team and uh where else do you go and in this industry that's looking for only good do you think that's exclusive to art and that like it has to be well well reviewed or well viewed by by the general public or yeah, for is anything that... in entertainment? Yeah, I think that's uh I think it's pretty exclusive for this. Okay, so let me give you an instance Marcos cuz I think this is interesting. Um there have been some moments including this one hypothetically of Blizzard releasing all of these great games that get good scores. And then maybe they don't meet some sort of sales expectations, i.e. like Destiny 2 or um, Heroes of the Storm. Does a game need to both review well and sell well, or can it just do one of the two? I think it can do one of the two and be fine, but hmm. developers want the money. Develop, or do you mean publishers want the money? Publishers, or de- you're right. Yeah, publishers. yeah. So... Dakota, what do you think? Um, Between those two things, what do you think a publisher cares more about? How well a game is reviewed or how well it sells? Money. It doesn't matter if the game is crap. Well, I shouldn't say that. Um, (laughs) Because if it's bad, usually it won't sell. But it doesn't matter if it doesn't review well. Because, I mean, Aquaman didn't review well. It still made bank in the theaters. Yeah. Well, I think this this is really interesting. Like... Destiny 2 didn't meet expectations, but by all accounts, it was one of the best-selling games of the year. So there's this weird thing amongst big companies like Activision where the ceiling is just set, like the bar is set so high for how a game is supposed to sell that even if it like breaks all kinds of records, it doesn't matter if it didn't meet the expectations of stockholders, which is this really interesting back and forth that I think needs more discussion. It's not just good enough to like do well. You have to exceed the expectations you had set. And I think that's just super unfair for developers, especially when they're not in charge. Now, in, in this particular case, this wasn't just developers. I should, uh, I, we learned over the course of the last week that most of the people let go in the Activision thing were not actually developers, but related to like marketing behind like the esports scene and stuff like that. So most that of their developers sucks. were kept. It still sucks, yeah. So I just didn't want to like conflate developers with people who are not publishers. Obviously, like there's there there are people in marketing um, and PR. There's all kinds of different jobs under video game umbrella. So 
it, it sucks when these expectations who are set by publishers, right? And like, and by stockholders, that's how the expectations are set. And these people have no bearing, like there's no, they, they have no responsibility over where that bar is set. Um, how fair do you think that is, Dakota? Um, I mean, it's unfair. Like that's inherently unfair, but yeah. expectations versus like the standards they actually meet, like of stockholders, investors, whoever, whoever the head honchos is, they're always going to have absurd expectations. I've or most of the times, like the cause all they care about is kind of growth to almost an extreme extent um so when it comes to like the standards that they actually meet they still might be like amazing but because it doesn't meet that expectation it's like you know it's like well you didn't do good enough you, you didn't hit my number but it's like your number is not realistic yeah and it's just it's kind of weird that it works and that it can't just like make money. It has to make the amount of money we expected. And I'm not really sure why video games are like that. I think there's probably a. I, I think a, a lot of things are just like that. We just don't hear as much about it as video games. That's that's possible too. Um, so one of the things that I'm sort of curious about, Marcos, is do you think moving forward that publishers like. So the Darksiders 3. Um, Darksiders 3 hit expectations. <laughs> like, and it didn't, it wasn't a super well selling game. Like, it probably sold about a fifth of the copies. I'll get some verification on that of Destiny 2, like at best. But it met expectations, and THQ Nordic is happier with Darksiders 3 than Activision was with Destiny 2. Um, what, if you're a publisher, Marcos, like, what are you doing to set expectations? How do you even go about figuring that out? Uh, if, if you're a publisher and you're in charge of that? It probably depends on size. Like, I can't imagine THQ Nordic being anywhere near the size of what Activision is compared to, like, all its right. other games because it has the IPs like Call of Duty. And uh, weren't they the ones that helped publish Crash, right? Crash Bandicoot? Yeah, I, I think they do Spyro as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because, like, I don't know. They have so many games, and I imagine... With how Destiny One went, they they wanted something as big, if not bigger, sales wise with Destiny Two, so they set that ceiling up as high as they could. Yeah, I imagine higher. Um, yeah. And I don't know if Destiny Two sold better than Destiny. I imagine it didn't or hasn't no. yet. Yeah. Like, I think Taken King was like the highest Destiny had ever been, or like Curse of Us. No, yeah, Taken King, and then Destiny Two only started gaining like good once forsaken came out that's only it hasn't even been a year yet right all right well let's talk a little context um because i think there is some reasoning for why these firings are happening uh and we'll we'll try and get to to everything on the list the first thing i want to talk about is just sort of a history of video game economics so a lot of people think that video games have become more and more expensive to buy it's like a lot of times I'll I'll hear things like it's just too expensive to afford video games nowadays. Like it's too too much Isn't of a it hobby. The exact opposite. It kind of is. So because I mean, video games are costing more and more to actually make to make, keep up with right. the standards people mm -hmm. are expecting of them. But have you seen game prices? I mean, I, when I was a kid, it was like I think forty bucks for a new game, but it's been sixty bucks for a new game for a long time. Yeah. So let's get to that. So. Let's start with some video game hardware. Um, this is going from 1977 all the way to present day, or most recent release of consoles in uh, either the Xbox One or Xbox One X, whichever one you feel like. Um, so the Atari costs $200. And if you adjust that for inflation, this is 1977, it would cost, cost almost $800 today. So just thinking about the Atari being $200, if you adjust for inflation, $800. So the Atari was more expensive um at at the given time nes a little light lighter um it was 200 dollars at release in 1985 if you adjust for inflation it was closer to 350 the sega saturn released at 400 dollars in 1995 600 dollars in inflation like Jeez. no wonder i didn't see any kids with the sega saturn when i was growing <laughs> up 400 dollars, 600 dollars for inflation and then you have the ps3 which was 500 dollars and close to 600 dollars uh, if you account for inflation in 2006. 
And then Xbox One, $500 in 2013. And obviously, that's pretty close. If you adjust for inflation currently, it would be a little over $500. So does anything about that surprise you, Marcos? Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't know the Saturn was that crazy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should also recognize that this I, I got these these numbers from IGN. So um, if if you're looking for it, they have an article uh, on video game economics about sort of how things have transitioned with inflation, um, and they they go into a little more depth. So if you're interested in that, what about you, Dakota? Is there anything here in particularly interesting to you, or is this sort of what you expected? I mean, that's more or less what I expected. Really? That's wild. Yeah. I, I honestly, I I was just curious. I, I hear a lot like video games is just such an expensive hobby and it's like it's getting worse and, you know, it's getting more and more expensive. You hear people whine about it all the time where it's like, I just wish it was the old days where I could take my console home, plug in my game for like 250 bucks and be done with it. And it's like things haven't really changed that much. And if we're talking about game cost, as Dakota sort of alluded to, it's ranged anywhere between 40 and $80 depending on the console. Um, but for the most part, it's been 60, $60 has been the standard for a long time. It was the standard a long time ago. Again, it's sort of gone back and forth between 40 and 80, um, depending on the console. But if you account for inflation, games have actually gotten cheaper. And it's important to recognize that just like Dakota said, games are getting way, way more expensive to make. So that means that their profit margin per game sold is much less than it used to be. And that's something that we do need to consider is when these when these people are being laid off, it's like, well, this game may have been doing super well, but it has to do super, super well in order for this publisher to be able to turn a profit. But but that's just one side of the coin, because after a little research, I realized that most of these big CEOs make over twenty five million dollars a year. (laughs) And that is a lot of money, so much so. That if you gathered all of 800 Activision's 800 employees and you just assume that each one makes $100,000, just doing the quick math, that's 10 per million dollars. So 25 times 10, that's 250. 250 employees. That, that's just, and that, that's $25 million. That's it. If I'm doing that math correct, which I think I am. <laughs> I think, you lost yeah, it you when you start doing Because 10 so employees. Yeah, so it's just in, it's insane to think about, um, right? Am I doing that math correctly? So you, ten you per are. million, because if you have if each one is making a hundred thousand, ten yeah. hundred thousand people are making a million. So yes, and then times that twenty five, two hundred fifty. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure. Um, you just got to add that zero. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and that's assuming a hundred thousand dollars, which is a nice like a hundred thousand dollars is a nice. That's you know how many yeah. people in this country actually make a hundred thousand dollars? Not many. So, Not very many. <laughs> so that's two hundred fifty dollars. Listen, do I? I so th- I think his name is Bobby Kotick. He's the current Activision. Do I, is he probably pretty good at his job in turning profits for Activision? Yeah, I'm sure he is. Does he need to be paid thirty two or however many million dollars? Does he need to be paid thirty million dollars every year for his job? Sweet to fire he... people to yeah, fire people and make think... executive decisions and pitch stuff to shareholders is this what do you what do you think here dakota eh. so yeah this it just as a whole seems like such a mess and one of the things that i think is important to contextualize is that for somebody like activision to hire somebody like bobby kotick it's sort of like do, do either of you pay attention to baseball at all no <laughs> So Manny Machado just recently sold, has uh, signed the biggest contract in baseball history. I think even sports history because baseball makes a, a wazoo of money because there's no salary cap really. So he's he signed a $300 million contract. Uh, $300 million over 10 years. And that's similar to what this guy is being paid at Activision. Um, and so it's just one of those things where it's it's hard to rationalize, but if somebody like Activision wants to sell like the the top name in the game, 
then or excuse me, hire the top name in the game, then they do have to they have to pay a, a large amount of money because these things just keep going up. Like if you look at act, uh, CEOs across the board, they're just getting paid a ton of money. Uh, Marcos, do you have any thoughts on this? Dude, why? Why, don't why do they just, need that much money? Why do they need that guy? Like, what I, is he doing yeah. so well that <laughs> that they just need to give him an absurd amount of money? Well, that's an interesting question. We have to answer that. We have to, right? There has to be some answer. It can't be that rich people like giving rich people money, right? Yeah. Like, no, this guy has to do, be doing something insane. This guy has to be the best of the job to get 25 million bucks a year. A year! Unfortunately, I think it is that rich people like giving more. Yeah, I was like, when you guys said it can't just be that, that I'm over here. That can't like, be right. Like, just yeah. five, like, you'd be saving $25 million just to get rid of that name. And, like, and not to be that that person, but, like, I, I don't think anyone can, like, conceptualize, like, how much money $25 million is a, is a year. So I like, factored my, myself it is $30 million a year. Heck em, heck em. Like, my, I had a high school teacher who was, like, you, like, he told us, he was, like, a science, phys, phys, anatomy Physicist. teacher, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> physiology okay um, but he was like me and my wife like our goal is to save up uh like our goal is to eventually save up his wife was like a designer and architect or something i don't know okay. graphic, also a well-paying job yeah his job isn't well well-paying he's a high school no, architect. teacher sorry yeah. architects are but their idea like they were wanting to like they would retire when they had like a million dollars in savings and they're like right. You guys don't think that's very much money. Because, like, of course, even now I'm like, a million dollars. A million dollars is a lot of money. But, like, he's like, you guys have no idea how much money a million dollars actually is. Like, if we hit that when we're, like, 50, 60, we could live the rest of our lives off of a million dollars. And he had two kids, too. Yeah. Like, two young kids on top of that. So, it's, like, 25 million. Like, no, not to be that person, but you don't need millions and no mil- be that person I, i'm i'm letting you be that person like, here even 30 million let's just pretend it's still 25 like you no one needs that much money to survive and live well i like, think there's a larger discussion about so there's been a lot of talk lately mostly in regard to politics not necessarily in terms of capital or excuse me uh video games it all like ties late- in together <laughs> yeah sure and, and it, the the conversation is kind of in regards to late stage economics or late stage capitalism, um, which basically is that the the inherent idea of capitalism is that we all have a fair shake when we start. When when we're born, we go out into the world, we try our hardest, and if we're if we try really really hard, then we'll be rewarded economically. And what we don't really think about is the fact that guys like Bobby Kodak are making thirty million dollars per year, and those thirty million dollars aren't just going to him or his kids. Or his grandkids. They're going to his great-great-grandkids. Like, that is so much money that your family will never have to worry about it again. And so when we think about this, when we think about this, if the whole idea is that, oh, Bobby Kotick's just really good at his job. Well, that's great. That Bobby Kotick doesn't need $30 million to be told he's great at his job. He probably doesn't even need a million dollars. Especially at this point. (laughs) And are you telling me that these, these people at Activision aren't good at their jobs? Like after they just made the, Activision the best profits they had. Yeah, ever. The they bragged yeah. about it. They brag about it. And like, it's frustrating. These are people who are good at their jobs. Really good at their jobs. And it's we're, like you you can't even make the argument like, oh well maybe they just were bottom of the barrel, they weren't great, but like that there's no you you can't even say that because Activision literally was just bragging about how they just reached their best numbers in forever so it's like obviously these people have to be good at their jobs if they were able to help this company do that so (sighs) two plus two doesn't equal bullshit man it's bullshit (laughs) and i think that's fair to say i mean i i really like to give a balanced perspective to our listeners and say like you know what at the end of the day like sometimes companies have to let people go and that sucks there's even news that like activision let people go with like a really nice severance package, which they don't have to do. That's not something you have to do. But I mean, 
ultimately, we're still staring at this problem. And it's not just video games, but it is a problem inside of video games. And it's one worth being talked about is that one man is making enough for at least 30 people or excuse me, 300 people to still have their job. 300. And that's that's sad. That is really. Yeah. And those people aren't even making a fraction of what he was. I promise you most of those, like maybe there's like one or two that were possibly potentially making a hundred thousand a year. I don't know. I don't know nothing about how much any of these types of jobs pay, but I promise you, I would say I would put money on none of them. We're probably making even a hundred thousand a year. I don't, I don't know. I should, I, don't, I, don't I should know. fact check this. I think in, but especially in Silicon a Valley, a lot of, of these jobs are, are paying probably that amount or maybe even well, more. Well, yeah, but that's the cost of living out there. You know how expensive sure, it yeah. is to live in Silicon Valley. Right. So just to put it in perspective, I would say it's probably safe to assume that each employee is making close to about a 30th of what he's making, if not closer to like a 15th at most. So just, I mean, put this in perspective. This is, these are actual human lives that all that, all that would take is this guy saying, you know what? I don't need that second yacht. I don't need that third yacht. I don't need courtside tickets every single night to the Lakers game or whatever. I can live with maybe $5 million instead of 30 million. Right. And And keep people in their jobs. I'm a believer that people should be paid. Like I'm not trying to make an argument that capitalism is shitty or whatever. And maybe that's an argument we can have a different day, but I do think on this podcast, (laughs) I do think that there's, there's something to be said for everybody here is working their ass off. And I'm sure Bobby Kotick is working his ass off. I believe that. But to say that he works 30 times as hard, 30 times as hard as any of these, these workers are. I, now I'm, I keep messing up my fractions. 300 times as hard Math as these workers. That's bullshit. That's just bullshit. It's, it's impossible for me to believe. It's impossible for me to believe. And I, if that is the value at which we hold the United States, that that's how our, our economy should work, that's how video games should work, that's how the video game industry should work, then we have something sincerely backwards. I think people are just stuck with the idea in their heads that if, obviously, if you're making that much money, you're working hard, which... Which can be true. I isn't I, I, always I, the case. Literally, it's people... It's not always the case. But Donald I, Trump I, was given a small million dollar loan (laughs) right and i i'm not saying that it's not always like i'm sure that this person works hard and we're really picking on this one guy bobby kodak sorry i'm sure i'm sure he'll cry in his 30 million dollars salary he's (laughs) not gonna give a shit because he knows uh my i'm not even what am i making a year (laughs) Thirty thousand, fifteen bucks an hour So so he's not worried about what i think no, and I mean I'm not but, working hard enough, obviously. And this isn't to say that people like him don't work hard. I'm not I'm not making that argument. What I do think is important to say is that he's not working 300 times as hard. And if really we're we're looking at things in terms of how much value somebody holds, in terms of how difficult they work, how 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 much they're really pushing for an American dream, then we have to reconsider our priorities here because this is out of bounds. This isn't this isn't where the way that things should be. And um, I really hope that if anybody from Activision or Blizzard is listening to this, whether or not you've been laid off, then uh, best of luck. And uh, this, is, this is a shitty situation, and I hope it doesn't happen again anytime soon. And I hope that Activision is catching a lot of crap for this because they deserve it. They deserve it. And I, I cannot think of a reason. We didn't reason. even touch on like Telltale stuff. Like yeah, this, this, no. this is just like another incident. This isn't even the first. Right. No, it's yeah. not. It's not. This is this is sort of, I guess, for our podcast, the purpose of our podcast, a, a straw that broke the camel's back. But anyway, Marcos, Dakota, any wrapping up thoughts um, on on this particular subject? I think there's a lot of interesting things to say about video game economics in general, and I, I kind of wish we had more time to talk about because uh, it's interesting, like the way that video games work and and how they're priced and things like that. And I think there's a lot to be said in regards to like microtransactions. Like it's understandable at the very least to me why developers might put microtransactions in their games. Yeah. I, I get totally that. Understand. I do. But 
it, it's stuff like this that really upsets me with the you know the ceo being paid so much and i, I don't know. think because just at the end of the day it's not about not this is just with everything um even with patreon i saw this about patreon the other day not the other day it was a few weeks ago um but it's never about sustainability and that's just american economics like it's never about sustainability you can you know it's like okay we made the same last year we did the same this year it, it's always about growth and i think that's where it uh that's where we're kind of things are starting to kind of fall apart because yeah. even when it comes not to everybody can grow <laughs> activision because yeah. like it's about growth and if a obviously if bobby sissix kotick whatever kodak <laughs> is he kodak black he doesn't want to make 30 million wow. this year he wants to make 31 million he wants to do more yeah he needs and more this is i feel like this is a completely like just an american thing especially where it's never no one's ever satisfied with what they have it's always about getting more growth there's some really interesting research in this regard I'm like not, i'm not universal i'm just an american dumbass i didn't go to college oh, you don't gotta bring no. more <laughs> no 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 I, but i'm an american and I, all i, I know just, is america i just oh, recently came across a study talking about collectivist versus individualistic cultures and it, while the united states isn't the only one it is frequently cited as the the most individualistic and that's I say that as somebody who who firmly believes I live in the best or one of the best countries in the, in the entire world. But it's it. This is a problem. Anyway, Marcos, what do you have to say? I think somebody should send Billy uh, Kodak. Bobby, come on. Yeah, Bobby Kodak. I've said his name like a hundred times. <laughs> I think somebody should send Bobby, Bobby Kodak um, uh, our Patreon page. And uh, yeah. Come on, Bobby, pay up. I'll take back everything I said if you give me a million dollars. Yo, if he gives us eleven dollars, eleven dollars—that's all, that's all it takes Bobby. to buy out our interest. Are you kidding no, me? Not our interest. Just like to just fund us. You know, give no. us money. I, I, I'll, I'll go on the podcast and say, Bobby, if you're listening to this, we will not be accepting a Patreon charge what? from you today. Bobby, right, give me if you're listening. Money. DM me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's play a little trivia game. Um, okay, wait, I, I didn't. I, I had a real fun last thing to say. Okay, yeah, go for it. Except uh, it was just gut the pig, but that was your fun thing to say. Yeah, it wasn't fun. It was. What did you even dark. say? Get the pig butt? No, gut the gut pig. The pig. Gut the pig. Got him. Dakota is really violent today. <laughs> we need to move on before things get worse. I told you, I'm, I'm pulling. <laughs> I'm pulling a French Revolution. <laughs> Okay, so this week, a lot of games came out. A lot of games came out in the past week, maybe a little longer than that. I'm going to list some, so listen closely. Metro Exodus, Sid Meier's Gathering Storm, Apex Legends, Jump Force, Crackdown 3, Anthem, and Tetris 99. That is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games that we're going to be talking about today, and I am going to give you... Seven different open critic scores. You're going to guess which one is attached to each game. Oh, boy. All right. Dakota, Do we like a understand? pen and paper? No, I don't think so. God, you know what is awfully convenient? Me. I was just looking at the fan. Like, before before we started recording, I was looking at the fantasy yeah, league because we're part that we were of, doing. <laughs> so we're part of a, a fantasy league. I don't know if we mentioned this last week, but we... We didn't. Are, we're part of a uh, there's a fantasy game league. It's fantasygamecritic.com. Uh, yeah. And um, it's been really fun. We're the three of us are part of it and part of uh, we, we also like drafted video games and it's based on how well the game does on open critics. So it's crazy. I was literally just looking at the page to see what the scores were because I knew all these games came out and I was like, oh, OK, so I feel like I've got the upper hand here. All right. Let's see. Uh, I'll have Marco go first. Chris go first because he is still. Uh, in first place with a score of 12. Okay. Let's go ahead and I'm just going to give you a score and you're going to tell me which game it belongs to. 65. Oh, Jump Force. Dakota? Isn't it Jump Force? That was pretty pretty bad. It was pretty bad. It wasn't Jump Force, though. It was Anthem. What? Anthem at a 65 currently on Open Critic. Yeah. Which is actually up from its original 60. It was getting panned. And then it eventually. Hey, remember when up. I said Anthem would be bad? Didn't I right. say that? I said it would be good. I said it would be good. I, I said was it wrong. would be bad. I'm still gonna play it. Okay. Uh, it, this is really there. This is really tight. But I, I'm gonna go ahead and give you another score. And Dakota, you'll go first time. Uh, let's go 87. 
which is the high. I'll give you a hint. It is the highest score out of any of the games on this. That was my game, Steingate Elite, right? I didn't talk about that game. Wait, I didn't bring up Steingate. (laughs) That's not one of the seven. Wait, what was the games? Okay, uh, I remember right, my game Steingate Elite on it, yes, Fantasy Critic did get eighty-seven. It, it did. Then it was probably one of your games. You had a lot of real good scoring ones. Metro Exodus, Sid Meier's Gathering Storm, Apex Legends, Jump Force, Crackdown Three, Anthem, which we've already scored, or Tetris ninety-nine. Uh, let's do eighty. What was it? Eighty-seven. Yeah. Oh, I should have wrote those games out. Uh, let's just do Apex Legends. Okay, Marcos, what do you think? uh yeah i'd go with apex legends it is apex legends with an 87 wow hey finally ea ea you listened to me you finally did something sort of okay you released apex legends which is uh of course the titanfall follow-up battle royale everybody loves the thing good for vince sampella and uh respawn like i like that their development team so i'm glad they did well okay uh what about 63 marcos is this one jump force dakota what do you think okay so the games were we had metro yep anthem so so the ones we have left are are metro sid meyer's gathering storm crackdown three jump force or tetris 99 crackdown three it was crackdown three with a 63 bummer for crackdown i'm a big fan of that series but uh yeah crackdown gets Gets the crackdown? Yeah, 63. Crackdown gets Open critic. Okay. <laughs> 83. A score of 83. Dakota, which game got a score of 83? There's two games that were very, very close here. Okay, so we have Metro. Mm-hmm. Uh, Myers Gathering Storm. Tetris 99. Myers. Jump Force. Tetris 99. Jump Force. Mm-hmm. Uh well I know Sid Meier's did pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm... Let's, let's go Tetris. Marcus. <sighs> Metro. It was Metro. Marcos mm-hmm. ties it up two to two. Okay, so now <laughs> let's do eighty four. <laughs> Marcos. Uh, which which game scored an eighty four on Metacritic? Or excuse me, Open Critic. Uh, Tetris. Dakota. Metro. No, no, not Metro. <laughs> Sid Meier's. It was Tetris. Marcos. God damn this. Three to two. Okay, eighty two. This is rigged. <laughs> Dakota, which game had an eighty two? Sid Meier's. Marcos. I'll go with Sid Meier's. Because we know Jump Force did it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's here's the here's the kicker. What got a fifty nine on yeah. a <laughs> Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> oh lord, it was Jump Force. So yeah. Um, yeah, so pretty interesting week. A lot of stuff bunched up in that like lower sixties, and then right in the mid mid eighties, like mid mid to low eighties. So kind of interesting, right? I nothing like broke the ninety mark, but. Apex Legends with a really solid 87. Metro ended up reviewing pretty well after all that controversy. Um, Tetris 99, I think, is the surprise. I've played that game, and I love Tetris 99. I do not think it's a very good video game. It's a good concept, but they don't explain anything, and it's like, I don't know. I just hope you know how to play Tetris. Yeah, Tetris, I understand, like, saying, okay, people know how to play Tetris, but there's, like, a lot more nuance to the game, and they don't explain anything. It's really weird. It's getting updates, so we'll see. Yeah, so hopefully at that point. I don't think they expected it to be so popular. Because uh, out of all of these games, if I had to order the popularity currently, I bet I would go uh, probably Apex Legends 1, definitely Apex, then probably Anthem, and then Tetris 99 over Metro Exodus and Gathering Storm, right? I, yeah. I would think, yeah. Yeah. I bet if you looked at Twitch right now and saw how many people were streaming, you'd see Tetris 99 pretty pretty far up there. It's wild. Okay, let's close it up for today. Uh, Dakota, where can people find you? You can find me at Twitter, uh, on Twitter, at... I almost said this. I was like... <laughs> this is the best. This is the best. <laughs> Wait, oh, my thing's Spygina. Yeah, it's new now. Yeah, I, I recently I pulled off a sweet 
uh indie dev cosplay on twitter so everyone should go look oh at boy. it it got it got real <laughs> real popular <laughs> the the game dev retweeted it oh nice so it's basically an official uh cosplay Amazing. for the character marcus Just... uh, i'm currently retweeting it you can find me on twitter at uh, twiggypie37 i'm the cute one marcus Kamona. and yeah. i'm ben volmer you can find me at benjamin plays on twitter or benjamin 10 on twitch if you want to watch me play through spyro 2 ripto's rage that'll do it for us this week uh there's a chance we won't be around next week because dakota's gonna be visiting florida and i'll be hopefully there to see her um marcos could host the podcast on his own if you guys really want him to <laughs> you know what <laughs> there, he's just gonna bring the whole after dark crew on yeah. the podcast oh god i won't I let I that happen I'm doing it. i won't let that happen <laughs> What do you I mean won't you won't let it happen? I can't. I can't let well, it happen. Why not? I'll I'll have Blake on for like prosperity. Wait, what if we drop Justin for Blake? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hopefully Justin, Justin doesn't listen to this Marcus. podcast. No, I, if I would have to drop anybody, it would be Joshua. Not to not no offense to him. I just think it'd be funnier if we had <laughs> me, Blake, and Ju- Justin. All right. Well, I'm gonna I try and like... cut all of this out so we don't hurt any of our own epilogue. T- <laughs> The rest like guys. Go read my top 10 article. Go oh, yeah, top right 10. Go check that out. Top 10 weirdest weapons in top video 10. games. Marcos. Uh, yeah, I'm out. We'll have reviews of everything that just came out. I think maybe outside of Tetris 99, we're reviewing everything else that we talked about earlier today. So check those out on epiloggaming.com. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you again for listening. Bye-bye. I'm doing the Bye. podcast. Bye.